Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for clicking on our conversation with Nickelback. These guys are icons. We have a brand new album out. It's called Get Rolling. We're discussing it. Plus, we're talking about all their timeless records, all the culture they've helped create. Lots to get to. Today's conversation being delivered to you by GoPuff. GoPuff is changing the way we get things delivered. Anything you want, pretty much instantly. I go puff literally every day, and it's not an exaggeration. If you want to save some money when you go puff next, just use the code Zach10 when you're checking out. Everything from snacks to booze to home goods, electronics, all available right in the palm of your hand. The next time you need something, go puff it. And use Zach10 when you're checking out if you want to save 10 bucks. You'll save 10 bucks off your first two orders, by the way. Zach10, use it. Try it. Here's Nickelback. Hey. Golf clap. Golf clap for myself. Golf clap. Okay, oh, nobody go else. Dude. <laughs> go ahead, you narcissist. Hooray <laughs> <laughs> me. Soak it in, guys. Oh, oh. <laughs> Does this shit ever get old, honestly? Because like you're pushing a new album, you're doing the promo run, and when you guys do the promo run, you're actually running. Like You're actually yeah. sitting down and talking and meeting people. And the God's honest truth, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would assume that Nickelback is, you, you, like, you don't, you don't need to make new music if you didn't want to make new music is that right true this yeah. is so, so hard. we're doing what it we're, we're doing it for the love of the tunes hard. we're doing <laughs> it for spite this is just really <laughs> out of spite people that don't want us to make music um it's it sounds ridiculous but it's it you we're lucky enough to be in a position where like, we've got songs we, we've got enough repertoire that i guess you could say that some people might walk away not happy if we don't play the song they want to hear yeah right and let alone I'm talking like let alone stuff like fan favorite, but then there's like B sides that we like or somebody else might like. It's a good place to be, but uh, you start to look and you, you know you see these acts are like oh they they should be playing like a four hour show, which would kill people. <laughs> I think it was like it would be like tough to sit through a four hour show, but you know when you hear like Springsteen or something like, or U two. He but by the way Springsteen will go for four hours. Oh I know he can I know yeah. he's he's yeah. a champ for sure. But he's he's a he's a unique guy. Is it hard? Knowing that, like, not all your records end up getting the same amount of shine in a live set. Well, that, uh, that's just that's kind of the nature of the beast. I mean, we could be selfish and look at each other and say, "Hey, do you guys want to play some stuff that we really enjoy?" And and then just listen to crickets uh, after <laughs> performing it, or do you want to play stuff that the entire building is going to sing along to? What a great problem! It is deflating to, to a degree, like on a small level. I mean, all the good side, you know runs that right over but yeah i mean of course there's always like we've got favorites that we really like you know not a ton you know we we like the ones that we play live obviously but there are favorites that we would like to get in there but i mean you'd have to change it up every night i guess and we try our best to do that if you reach into your pocket and you pull out your hard-earned money and you go to see your favorite band and they play nothing but album cuts that you have you not only don't know probably don't like and they don't play one of your favorite songs, you'd be pissed. Mm -hmm. Totally. And that would hurt my relationship with that group forever. Yeah. There you go. So do you have to, and I'm assuming this question comes up a couple times throughout your history, do you have to answer the question of like, who are you making music for, or who are you performing for? Is it yourselves, or is well, it you, the people you, who are paying to come and see? You already, it's a question, yeah. you already brought that up yourself. We don't have to do anything for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had to do anything for the rest of our lives for while for while. probably the last three records isn't that fucking crazy to say but though it's ridiculous it's, it is it really is but because we got to we got to um do something we love doing and uh and make a really good living at it um and not have to worry about money anymore so now we look at each other and go 
you guys just want to tour the old stuff or do you want to make a new record well we want to be if we want to necessitate more albums like some we let's just get divorced a whole bunch of times (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll we'll have fire under our our ass again but when you then we'll be doing it for selfish reasons yeah exactly (laughs) but when you look at each other and we go you know should we make another record and the answer is all all four of us unequivocally is yes we should if we're going to do that and you want someone else other than the four of us to hear this music, we're going to have to do the same thing that every actor has to do when you make a movie. Yeah, You're going to have to get out there and promote it. Totally. You're going to have to tell people about it because we want people to enjoy the music that we worked, we busted our asses to make. You know, so we get out there and we... We're talking. To, we're talking to Zach and Dan. Let's Hell go. yeah! But I, I know, I know what you're talking. About, like specifically to your question, I know what you're talking about. When you do your first album, like you, this, you're like, this is us, and you, there's no baseline. Like, are you going to disappoint fans because they're not hearing something they've expected? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's different, right? I think because it's just you. And then when you start getting into it, that's when the expectations, well, it, you know, undoubtedly come into your decision making. Where it's like, like he said. Do we go up and play the new album because and show them that this is our new sound, or do you still play some of the hits? Right? And, and it, do you omit that, or do you consider that? You have to consider that. I think it's going to change the way you think to a degree. Where, like you said, if we go out there and we don't play "How You Remind Me" or "Rockstar," we're going to have like a, probably pissed off fans. Yeah, they're going to be angry. Yeah, even though you're like, "Hey, we love this new album." <laughs> they're going to be thing, angry. Right? Do you guys Can't be that selfish? Do you guys ever get tired of playing the songs over and over? Or are they just exciting because of how the fans react to them? If like we the looked hits. down at the set list and I was to say, um, and I saw a song, um, and right before we started the tune, I look up and and I'm like, "Oh, not tonight." <laughs> you know, if I, if that even entered my mind for one second, and then we play the first chord and the whole place goes nuts and starts singing every word. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can just lean back and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Never made it. And boom. And the whole place just goes and I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm just play the rest of the chords instantly. You're like, yes, this is great. <laughs> There's that's, no moment where it's that's also everything. the same. It's the same songs, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. But you're in a different room. Full yeah. of different people every time. So it's not, you know, it, it, it it's, it's, it's fun. the first time they're hearing it. Like you guys hear it every night. It's yeah. the first time they're hearing on it on that tour. Or, or it's yeah. the excite. It's the like we've talked about this before. It's the excitement. And, and speaking of this as a fan of music, it's the excitement of like you hear the starting chords of a song you love. Mm-hmm. You're standing next to your buddy, or your wife, your girlfriend, wh- whoever it is that you remember that moment. You're and you turn to them and you're just like you start singing or you're excited because you know that you know the song is coming. Like we see that. You know, I see that. Yeah. That's that's the energy. It's really, a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, that's this is new. For us to look out at the audience and all of a sudden you start playing and say it's a group of like four girls or three dudes, whatever it is, and you start what is obviously their song and they all look at each other like oh <laughs> and you can just see them and they all start just screaming they're screaming to the stage they're singing to each other as loud as they can we can see this we're watching it happen and i'm like obviously this was your favorite song <laughs> you know it's one and of that those that makes it not good it truly yeah. truly yeah. that's the part you guys but then you have sorry but then you have the odd people who got there in the morning they got to the very front they're in the front row and they're like this the whole show <laughs> and you're like, what are you camping I'm out like, for? why did you fight to get to the front what is happening here i think they're you're talking i think you're enjoy- talking about that european girl enjoy- who's, who's come to the last 40 shows yeah, in she, and she, she's you know, having the time and of they're life. enjoying it, it the way like that it. they want to do it which is great i think that they're they're awesome in their own way for sure I mean, that's dedication holy smokes yeah appreciate that you guys have a crazy story and i want to get into it because at one point you all did something besides 
play an instrument and make music for this band. You ran the business of what it meant to be a band. You also came up at such a unique time in just Canadian history, right? And how the Canadian government chose to respect and appreciate the artists that were homegrown and the platforms that they were choosing to give them, which, by the way... uh, are practices in government programs that still exist today that you can credit with helping give way to The Weeknd, Justin Bieber, Shawn Mendes. You're Ryan like, Adams. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. CanCon is yeah. wild. And I knew it very intimately because I, I spent five years on the radio in Canada and I had to understand the programming tactics, right? Like, like mm-hmm. what portion of a playlist has to be Canadian grown? 35%. That's And how incredibly, like that just gave me goosebumps. Like that exists. Well, I don't all, think anywhere else. Oscon, well, Oscon, uh, Australia has it as well. Because what you're trying Quebec to do is well, you're trying to promote uh, local talent. Otherwise, you just get run over by the biggest yeah. of the, the Americans world. Americans come we, in. No, the, <laughs> the money. Everyone. We takes share over. all of our we share all of our radio waves and television waves, like with with America, right? So it's like, yeah, you and that's. I grew up on American television. I, I grew up on Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> I mean, I know I knew how a bill was passed before I even knew it in Canada you know, <laughs> or in America, and then in Canada. Um, so yeah, he's he's right. That that's kind of that that's always been a kind of double edged sword. Where people are like, oh well, you, they're forced to play Canadian music. Well, I understand. I understand that. You know, the people getting frustrated. But yeah, if we don't, you just get inundated with so much. I mean, just by population, there's so much stuff. So they try to protect <clears> it <throat> how they can. These days, I mean, you put up anything and it's worldwide. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how much that plays a ton today. Yeah, but it's sure it's sure it's it's Very a whole different now. landscape today. Obviously. Television is probably it probably affects television far more than it affects uh, music yep. because of all of the the DSPs. Yep. Um, Do you look at that though and, and think to yourself like a part of the reason why you get to choose to make music you don't have to make music is because of that initial push because I don't believe that <laughs> CanCon has any sort of or OzCon it doesn't determine who becomes successful it just puts you at an equal playing field with the bigger guys and then the audience still is there to determine it you get we what had to yeah, the market will yep. decide right we yeah, had totally. to become big in the US before three quarters of the radio stations in Canada was pl- would play us because they're like well you know like prove yourself you know, because there was all these bands like 5440 and uh, Matthew Good and Tragically Hip and huh? all these other bands. Ever that- heard any of them? Th- not really. No. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Well, you that's, know, you, the Tea Party? Uh, that's a Canadian. The tea Party, tea party. Yeah. yes. So there was all these bands that I think it really did help protect and promote and, and stop from being like completely bulldozed over by, you know, artists uh, globally. Um, we had to come to America, get an American record deal, uh, go top 20 in America before most of the radio stations in Canada would play us because they were just like, ah, you're just, just kind of whatever because uh, Canada, not unlike the UK, really likes to eat their own. That's like well, really f- kind of fucked now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yes, kind of fucked, fucked up. But. I'm not sure if that's completely, I mean, like I agree, I agree with that. How many sure. would you like me to name? No, no. <laughs> and I, I will name them by name, the program directors. No, 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 hang, no hang tight, hang tight. No, I mean, but I, we don't but keep receipts. The correlation isn't necessarily causation is what I'm saying because in that sense, because I, I do agree with him because I, I remember that vividly, but we would, we were independent, like you mentioned before, we started stuff on our own and we were charting and you would see the charts, the whatever the chart magazine was and it would be like, you know, number one is this rock band from America, and this American band, this Canadian band, this whatever it is. And it would say BMG, MCA, da da. And it would say, I don't know where we were charting with Leader of Man, maybe 16. And it would say Dash. <laughs> where is the label? It's just nothing. Like we had no play, or no press uh, push from the label. Stations weren't playing us. 
but it was also when we were starting to come up on our own there was still this it was a lot of the labels were all jazzed about um you know they, they go through cycles right they yeah. go through bands rock bands or pop or f uh it was female soul, soul artists at the time it was like sarah mclaughlin paula cole and and like fantastic alanis morissette cheryl morissette, crow fantastic mu musicians and they were like all over the the airwaves so there wasn't even not only did we not have label push but there wasn't really room for what we were doing at that moment i think we were ready we were just we were there in the game ready for when rock really started to kind of take off in the early 2000s because this is we're talking like 98 i think i think what ryan's trying to say is uh they didn't eat us right away <laughs> <laughs> they fattened us up for the market first yes and oh, then no. when we became successful quote unquote that's when they ate we were us. definitely on the menu that's for sure uh for sure grab that like sit on your legs are going to oh, be so sore no. <laughs> wow oh my god a pillow yeah. no i was just gonna grab I, I was looking at that end table there but i wasn't sure if it was uh, fixed on something. I was going to grab it and so you could. Jen, their publicist right now is crouched in the corner. Jen's like a soldier, you're you're a real hero. Right. Also, Daniel, are you getting a little hot in here? Why am I red? Well, I saw you wipe the sweat off your face, and that's that's no. Chad's I'm just fault. a drunk. Don't worry about it. Okay. That's, just, that's just grease. Don't worry about it. Chad's in charge of the weather in here. So, <laughs> by the way, we do have an album which is here. It's called Get Rolling. Um, but it is surprising obviously that to any of you that you are still making music today because when you have a history that is literally decades long there have to be bumps and moments where you question whether or not like am i going to keep moving forward with this nope never no uh we've never hit a bump that large that made us not want to make music what uh, keeps you all together this is a great gig dude we travel best. around the world we walk on stage and thousands of people every single night start singing our tunes back to us. I, we've had a lot of straight jobs. Like, day jobs suck. <laughs> Let's just be honest. This is nothing. Manual like labor sucks. <laughs> like, hauling 90-pound shingle packs up and down a ladder all day long in the rain, sucks. you know, as a roofing gig sucks. Uh, work. You know, the, the secret to our longevity is not quitting. <laughs> but are there moments where you had to convince or remind each other that like this is not manual labor our lives oh, are only, fucking sick no 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 uh we're all very grounded in that sense at, at no point in time do any of us do we have to sit down and go hey there's no. other jobs you could be doing it, the those only time internal conversations yeah, those like, are yeah in, in it, internal monologues. in the beginning right before we got signed right before we made the record that got us a record deal we were so far in debt. What did we owe? A lot. Forty. <laughs> well, a forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. A lot for people that had like yeah, really basic bank jobs. loans. Yeah, like we had a we had a line of credit with a bank. To forty grand. Probably. Like we owed so much, and we just kept borrowing n more and more money to make these records independently, press these CDs independently, distribute these independently. What kept you going? Not wanting know. to do a straight job. No, <laughs> no, yeah, with no, no hope and no collateral. Chasing the dream, dude. Forward. Chasing like, the dream and uh, running a high level of bullshit and trying to convince, you know, these guys that, you know, at one point in time, he said, are these songs that we're about to go and record worth how much further we're about to go in debt? And I told him, I said, absolutely. And I was running a high level of bullshit. <laughs> but you need that. Almost yes. to keep going. It's like yes, I'm a used car salesman. Well, the true I'm not really a used car salesman, I but I still consider myself like yeah. I get out there every night and I just sell bullshit. Yeah, you know, I. But you it, believe it? I'm in sales. Yeah, yeah. you know, totally. no, the songs he, we write he, now are far better than the songs that we used he, to write. He's, he's he's partially correct, I think, because yes, he runs a high level of bullshit. I will agree with that. 
but but I but to give me a little bit of effing credit, can I say effing on this. Yeah, you, yeah. you can probably say effing credit. I'm only going to say effing. I don't okay. want. What were you talking about? Um, <laughs> no, I I hearing the songs, I was like, no, no, that, these are like they're good songs. When it was the the state, I'm like, these are these are good songs. And it's like, do we want to take the gamble? On that, that was the album. Yes. It was called the state. Yeah, sorry, the state. It was the album. Yeah. Um, By the way, that like that that album changes your life. It that, abs- album, it, that album changed It absolutely changed did. But what I was going to just briefly say about why we didn't quit because of this is like, it was like this. Mm. The, car- the, the, the career, the, the, the band was like this. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like this. The trajectory like it, was it always was all, up. The trajectory was always yeah. something a little bit better was coming on, down the road. We got a little bit more money for this gig. Yeah, I got a few more you know radio stations on board or whatever it was. There was always something positive that was happening. It wasn't just treading water. So that's why I was like, this is... There's something here that's working. It was never stagnant. I believe in this. Yeah. yeah. I believe in this. And some other people do too. It's that simple. And that kind of, that helps you. Your own self-belief in whatever you're doing can be great, but you can just, you, you can go, you know, do that to your pounding sand and it doesn't matter if you just believe in that and it doesn't work, but it was kind of working. So that's why we kind of felt this is going to go somewhere. Very slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like achingly glacially <laughs> slow yeah. isn't that, that the, it was moving up isn't that the everlasting success like things that shoot up too quick things that you know i don't know like it's greatness is not built overnight it's really built over decades and years you know like it, it takes a moment and by the way your first uh, your first body's work hit in 96 you're talking about an album that comes out in 2000 so like that that's that's a four-year spread you know mm. Like, there's so much growth that's happening over that time. Yeah, and then the next record had How You Remind Me on it. Um, too Bad, Never Again, those three good singles off of that record, Silver Side Up. And then, that, then that's, when, that's when the trajectory changed exponentially. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, boys, we're not playing clubs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're, now we're on a sold-out global. Sold global tour playing arenas. And it was like, you know, suddenly everyone's got their own tour bus. And, and suddenly, like... It's like you guys. Okay, so what do you guys want to do? Like, well, what do you mean? Like in the show? Well, what can we afford to do? It's like, well, the entire tour is sold out, so you can do whatever you want. Holy I'm like, shit. we want to blow up everything. I want tons of pyro. <laughs> I want lights. <laughs> I want just oh my god. I want everything just like just chaos up there. Like, and so yeah. When you look back at those moments, do you feel like you all stayed level headed, or did you lean into it? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, there are moments where you definitely feel like you know they're far more rock star than you can imagine you know um and most of those come in the form of uh after show parties um and it's just so over the top so over the top um you know there is not there isn't a book that you could read like you could read the dirt you know by motley Crue, and and be like oh so that was that's what it was like it's like not even close until you're right there experiencing it and it's fucking wild it it sounds like every night yeah it's it sounds like a, a like a like a real indulgence but it really was like when we when we each got our own buses not saying to the expense necessarily that when that happened it's like it's like you can have a boiling pot because we're all very different as you loves party some of us weren't like into that we were married at the time like like to stay married um, <laughs> as, as it. um but so but it's like so it's like trying to share a bus was like really difficult but once we cut our own spaces that helps with the longevity of being out and touring because we toured like crazy. And when you can have your own space and you live your own life and still go on stage and do that's what, great. what we do, 
Because when Healthy. we get on stage, it's, 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 I don't know how to put you, what, um, I can't put my finger on it, but just something works. And that's great and to preserve that. You, if you can preserve the life off stage, that works. Yeah, years and years and years in a van, you know, in the middle of winter, Literally. going, you know, from city to city in Canada, and there's not a lot of cities in Canada. <laughs> no, you're, oh, you're some of these are 16 hour drives <laughs> to get to the next gig. When the gig before decided just not to pay you. And now you've got to figure out how to get gas. And like, I mean, so the tensions are running high. We're all like just cramped and sleeping yeah. in horrible conditions and stuff. And if you can make it through the trenches when, you know, when the skies open up and you just hear the angels, ah, you appreciate the shit out of it. Do you remember the first time you all played together and you realized that it, like something worked? That was last week. <laughs> I think. And yeah. not everything Things worked. really clicked <laughs> last things week. things worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, we... We, we would jam together. Mike and I used to jam together uh, initially. Um, I had a, I was uh, playing guitar and singing and had a drummer and Mike played bass and another guitar player. I couldn't get in the band. Yeah, there was incarnations <laughs> I was of too bands. young. I couldn't get in the band. Yeah, so that he was in a band. He got in a band in Cam Camrose, yeah. a couple hours north of us. And so we were kind of doing our thing and our band would kind of ebb and flow, right? I was, I was in a band before this when I was like 14. So you did. There are a lot of musicians to kind of play with. And then when, when this inc incarnation of us came to life, it was called Village Idiot. And I was playing rhythm and singing backup, and he was playing lead. He was playing bass, and there was another, a different drummer, and there was a lead singer. So we had five of us. Our, and, cousin, our cousin was drumming. There was three yeah. Krugers in the band. Wow. Yeah. So that's when we were all playing kind of together. Yeah, that, that was actually the you know all the four members from the initial recording of, of Curb, Nickelback. That was We were in a, a band for about nine months before that and it everything just just felt natural because we kind of been around each other and played played and he he got like excellent at playing leads and, and playing guitar and so it was like we started kind of gelling there and then that just went poof it just there's no future in playing covered songs yeah and then it, and it wasn't till i don't even remember when it went poof it was probably a couple of years later that he's the one that said you know what i got a few songs you want to should we go record these like i got seven songs we can record it's just to see what it's like in the studio like yeah we got nothing else to do yeah let's let's try it what, and here we are what made you want to write originals was it the fact that like you knew that covers just weren't it or did you feel like you had a story to tell uh that's it's uh that's a great question um because we started off you know on the cover circuit with another singer and and I think I just realized that we were just never going to get off that cover band circuit if we didn't write our own music. Um, and I was, I was terrible at learning other people's music. Um, you know, Mike can hear Ryan and Mike can hear a song and probably like once and play it back to you easily. Um, I've got to sit there and really listen. And I like, so my, my, that, that type of thing for me, I was always like having a hard time figuring it. Like, what is he doing there? Like, what, what's he, where's he going with this? And where's this? And, and that was, I was, that was tough for me, but creating something, like just making something up, that was far easier for me. I, I just found that that creative side was just, a, just such an easier path. Um, singing something that I came up with or, and I never thought, I, I don't know why, but I never really thought that I was going to be singing. I, I, cause like I kind of wrote these things, but I sang all the parts and the next thing, you, you know, we borrowed 4,000 bucks and we're in a studio and they're just kind of looking at me. It's like, you have to be the guy. You're the guy. And I'm like, 
fuck, I'm the guy. And then I'm in front of a microphone singing. And I'm like... We only have a day and a half to record these And we had a day and a half. Going. So are you like figuring out your vocal persona right there and then? Or well, do you I mean, have an idea? No, I mean, I kind of knew I was going to be... You know, when I sing, I got kind of a gritty voice. Um, we sang, you know, it's tons. Of, I would sing tons of backups and tons of, you know, all all the time on the road. And then uh, I was actually singing in the band that um, uh, when I was in Camrose and I was fourteen. What was I fourteen, fifteen, yeah. or something, something yeah. like that? I was the singer. But then when I, we went on the road and we had Scott as a singer and he was a great front man and he was a great yeah. singer. And I didn't, I was just like, I just got to strum my guitar. Sort of <laughs> he was just look at me. Yeah. That's what it's like every night for Mike. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of gets to look around and just enjoy the show. I'm up there to like mow his lawn. Yeah, no, no <laughs> kidding. Um, so I, yeah, it was really weird when I'm like, you know, let's I, just I, say there wasn't a stampede to the mic. No, <laughs> yeah, it was just sort of like everyone else just sort of pushed like, uh, yeah. dude, go. And I'm like, Oh, I guess I got to sing these. So I just, I don't know why I just thought someone else was going to sing all these things that I came up with. But do you um, think like th you guys would be here today if somebody else sang your songs that you wrote? Probably not. No. No. We'd be way bigger. We'd <laughs> <laughs> be way too busy to show up. Yeah. <laughs> How you remind me, you, the story behind that record, I mean, is it ripped from your reality or who are you talking to? Talking to? Yeah. I mean, when you were writing it. Well, you're, you're singing it. You're to? singing it to a wall. Yeah, <laughs> like you like weren't it, singing it to a wall. Yeah. You were singing it to the ceiling. Oh, that one. <laughs> I, yeah, that one. Like, well, how you remind me? Because I had a, I had this little PA system, and it sounded great. Like, I just put a little reverb on it. And so then when I was, when I played the like, I was actually like, you know, the, I've got the guitar in the room. I'm not just sitting there with an acoustic sort of singing into the air. When you're singing into a mic, and it sounds kind of like it's going to sound on stage. It feels different, like how you move around the mic and how you use and how you get in and, you know, it's it's just completely different. And I'd had this, I was living with this girl and we'd had this argument and uh, I went downstairs and I just started like, how you, I just cranked the PA because I wanted her to hear every word and I just started writing this song that I thought was just like a really fuck you to her and I'm just like started doing the whole it's not like you to say sorry I, you know I was waiting on a different story uh, and this time I'm mistaken for handing you a heart worth breaking and I just start like just singing all this stuff like pretty much to the ceiling it just pours out of you yeah and I'm just like I, I'm 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 waiting to go Bitterness upstairs. I'm waiting to go right upstairs now. and finish the fight. And she's <laughs> like, "Oh, you think that's funny to go downstairs and start singing all this shit about me?" I go upstairs and she's like, "What was that?" And I'm like, oh, "Here we go." I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Cause it was really good." It's <laughs> 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 like, ah, it's not the intention. That was not the reaction I was expecting. But uh, I'm like, oh. Would you say that Thank song you. is almost like a blessing and a curse, though? Because it was so big and it was everywhere, but it also caused people to be like, "All right, enough of these guys. Fuck them." That's their problem. That's yeah. not our problem. I, I, yeah. that, that's, I don't think it's a curse That's the dream of every artist in the world is to have their song played so much that the entire world gets sick of it. Yeah, you also and then do it again and do yeah. it again and do it again. That's it. You have so many hits yeah. after this record. So I know, I know what you're saying. Photograph, Rockstar, what the, the holy oh, yeah. shit. Well, that, so that, that's where I think that comes into play where it's like, like he writes a great song. It, it's like a blessing, if, you can call it, if, if that's the term. It's like it's like the best thing we could have had happen, obviously, mm -hmm. to introduce us to the world, and then, but then it was things after that where uh, 
because because then they were expecting the next song, so then they put out. Oh, was it too bad? Was the next one? Yep. I think too bad. No, and then Hero Hero came out. Hero came out at the same time as How You Remind Me. How You Remind Me, yeah. That's from Spider Man, right? Yeah. So it was Hero, huge as well. Yeah. How You Remind Me, Hero, and Too Bad. And then Too Bad was climbing. We're all in the top ten at the same time. That yeah. is kind of the that's way the that's oversaturation starts. right there. Yeah. The <laughs> but so that, you be careful what you wish for. I wish yeah. they play our songs. Well, they could play them too much, and people will get sick of you. But al- also, weave you so heavily into the culture of the moment, and a lot of those records go on to live forever. So it is a blessing and a curse. But also, you have timeless music that I'm assuming s- still generates tens and tens of millions of streams every year on records that came out. I don't know, well 20. over a decade ago. 20 Are you years calling ago. us heritage rock? <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling it timeless. No, no, that, I know that's, you're that's like, the, that's the goal. That for me, that's the goal. Is like if you if you're just of a time, and you can only kind of enjoy like I mean if it's like I don't know I can't come up with that perfect example, but if you can have that thing where you can listen to it now and you're like oh like this makes total sense. Like I listen to a Tom Petty song or old Springsteen songs. Ah. Yeah, that, yeah. If you can have your songs slot into that, and I feel like, I, I hate saying that about our own stuff, but because I'm kind of close to it, but if somebody says that about your music, that's the nicest compliment someone could say about your music, I think. Do you chase that type of record after you have it? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, like, once you see a song react so intensely and deeply, is that something you just long for and chase after? Or at least think about actively when you enter the studio afterwards? No, sometimes, I mean, on our last record, we made a conscious effort to just make a, a, a like mostly a rock record. And some of it's not even rock, some of it's like full metal. Um, there's a song in there called The Betrayal, it's full metal. Um, I think there's a lot of our fans that might be sitting there going, well, this isn't how you remind me. <laughs> this, oh, is, yeah. this isn't Rockstar. This isn't, you know, this isn't even Burn It To The Ground. This is like, what is this? And I'm just like just full tilt wah, just screaming um that's something we wanted to do what do you get out of that oh it's very therapeutic <laughs> yeah like it's 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 cathartic for sure do, do you know for i think what i think i know what it is it's like i don't think you i mean you always it'd be nice to have a song that connects if you want to call it a hit I mean, sure it'd be nice to have that i think what we what i'd like to chase when i hear him come up with stuff and work on stuff is like i think you chase a like I like chasing a good song, something that you that you like, and you're like, there's a sense of accomplishment when you kind of get something that feels like it works. You know, whether pe- whether it connects with people or not, it's 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 to do with you know, does it get an opportunity to get heard? Is the timing right? Timing is so huge for any kind of song. It's it's huge, and so we we're seeing that right now. Someone was there were one of the songs from seven years ago is so all of a sudden she, yeah taking off, and we're so, like we put that out. On the album that people actually didn't super connect a with. Yeah. <laughs> a funk song. A funk song. I'm like, I want to do a up. funk tune. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't call that chasing a, you know, chasing no. something. I'm no, like, let's. But chasing a good song. Right? Yeah. You just try to, you find something and you go after that song. Right? It turned, TikTok. It turned out great. And then all of a sudden, TikTok, seven years later, picks this thing up and it's just like, explodes for us. <laughs> what do you think of music now? Because it couldn't get any more different than what it was, right? Like, you. I forget what album it was, but you sold 5 million copies of a single album. Like, that is, holy shit. Like, that's crazy sauce. Yeah, like, it doesn't happen anymore. No. Yeah, Nobody. Which record? Uh, it's in my notes. <laughs> Hold on. 
but there is, yeah. there is, you did sell five million. No, ten. All the right reasons sold right twenty two million copies worldwide. Yeah, um, oh, I'm, I'm just trying. Well, to think maybe what this, it might be at a time frame of like the first like. Sure. Like, yeah, right, I'm right, just trying right. to think of what album you're talking about. So I'll get it for you. Hold all on, good. What's that? I guess it would be like Silver Sides up at seven. Just in the I mean, US. that's crazy, oh, guys. It's crazy. Like yeah, Taylor up. Swift sold over a million this year, and the world like went fucking ecstatic. Yeah. yeah, right. Like everybody thought that this was like. Yeah, she also sold out an entire stadium tour in yeah. one day. Crazy. It's, it's <laughs> that's, weird. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's it, amazing. It's wow. weird coming up in a time when there was like LimeWire and Napster, and like that was the start of all. That, yes. Right. And so you know, I. I how many albums you sell? How many got downloaded? Or do you get mad at your fans like as some bands did? What? It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. They put food on the table. No, no. Trust <laughs> me, I get. It. I'm just, I'm just saying. It's that was the conversation at the time mm. because it was really weird. Album sales was a, it was in flux. It's like, is that the gauge now? Because it's not set, like you said. She's like the biggest artist in the world, arguably. Is doing a million. Yeah. And yeah. People think that's crazy. Right? Yeah. Because when we, because when Silver Side Up, sort of finished doing most like the bulk of of the sales um i think it was at five or six million in the u.s um our manager and the record company had like a talk with us they were like preparing us guys probably gonna do like half this on your next record so just like don't have these lofty expectations like this is usually how it goes and and then it did and then the next record only did like three million in the U.S. I think and, and tragedy. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and, and they're like, "This is kind of how it's going to go now." And, and and I was just like, "Bullshit!" Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. And then we went in and recorded all the right reasons and had six singles off that record. And that uh, new drummer, <laughs> nothing to do with it. <laughs> and, a, and a new and a new amazing drummer, Daniel Adair. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then that became our biggest uh, album to date. Yeah, um, I really noticed working in the studio with these guys. Chad was just determined, like every single song. Like the time we spent on some of those songs, oh, it was crazy. Not good enough. Not good enough. Not good enough. Weeks, months. Yeah, that, just that, like that record it's, was. It, that record. The was, standard was, was every second of every song in that album had to be fucking perfect. What's the biggest difference between a Nickelback session and a Three Doors Down session? The accents. The accents. <laughs> <laughs> you did your homework. Uh, well, this this chat's put on your tap dancing shoes because I'm dying. <laughs> I gotta be careful what I say here on all fronts. Do tell, oh, tell us. What is the difference? All I'll say is that the level of precision. I I wasn't. I wasn't ready for that. Like, I've recorded for tons of artists. I was a, in Vancouver. I was called in to do tons of sessions. You come in, do a couple takes, and talk about ideas, and and that's it. And everyone kind of approaches every all their parts that way. It was surgical with these guys. Like, well, just the scrutiny. Like we, yeah, the, the, like that that level of is, we'd made enough yeah, records yeah, where we right. didn't have enough money to be able to to make things to record things well, to take the time to do it right. Um, good Enough was used for the first four records. And if I ever hear anybody say good enough in a studio, I'll lose my shit. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not good enough. It's got to be great. Otherwise, why the fuck are we going to hit record? But do you think that's the difference between a successful record and one that doesn't hit its full potential? That I, that's, that's, I that's different. I, I think that there's no. a, lot of, a lot of artists that have uh, been meticulous 
and uh, very proficient and the songs don't react uh, for whatever reason that, that i can't and tell and the you. vice versa as well uh, ones that, that. that just did go in and just let it happen kill and turn yeah. it into yeah. a thing it's got the zeitgeist you know? whatever that whatever that is right sometimes yeah. it just you just have the lightning you know but what is it about the strategic precision like what, does that does that result in a great product every time i think if you're if you're um if you are being very critical of yourself um, and I mean that of each of us, yeah. when we're recording parts, like just recording something, I mean, you, you can sit there as a guitar player and play the same riff for four hours and not get bored of it because it just it feels good to play it. Somebody else listening to that is going to be bored as hell after about three and a half minutes. Um, so it, it, it comes down to, is this song worth chasing? Because I'll come to the guys with ideas all the time and play them. This is sort of what the verse would kind of sound like and this is kind of what the chorus would be like. Um, and you just with it, with that alone, you've got a pretty good idea how the thing's going to go. We know sort of stylistically where it's going to go. You might know lyrically and, and you know, the hook line would be this, maybe at the end of the chorus, we, you have a good enough. I can bring enough of them to taste the spaghetti sauce. They're going to know what the sauce is going to taste like. Is this something that's worth pursuing? Do you think? Um, and then they'll, they'll say, yeah, yeah, or no, you know, and if it is, we might put a little more work into it and then throw it in the vault and then bring it, bring it up, you know, when it's time to record or, um, or just pass, you know, is that a new way to do it? Or have well, you been doing that for a, a lot while? of bands will, will record like 20 songs and then they'll, they'll put 10 on the record. I don't know how you would think that a song is going to improve vastly knowing what the verse and chorus sounds like, like, and then you get, and then you, so you record this song and then go. No, it's it's still a six, boys. <laughs> like yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. After a verse and chorus, you pretty much know if the song's something. Yeah, something. I, I think st strategic precision might not be the best phrase. No, I, I I think I think what, like I know what he's talking about. I think what it was, in that, and we've kind of taken that through the the, the following albums is just have is like saying having that hard look at some of the parts where, you know, whether it's your part or someone else's part, and we know how to talk to each other about this. We we'll come back. It's like saying, I like this. This this doesn't make me want to listen to it again. Like, it doesn't draw me in enough. Is this as strong as it can be? That's, I think, what, what we're talking about, where you, you, can, you, can, you can make something, then you kind of got to peel it apart a little bit, improve this, and, and, like, that's the kind of stuff. Like, I know we like what this says, but does it fit right? That kind of stuff. You really, lyrics, you. Get, a lot yeah, of time in the lyrics. Lyrics and musically. Like, we can get in the weeds with this as much as you, as you can, but it's like... Some songs just present themselves. He'll just, he'll just like that tidal wave off the last album. It just he, the music, just got me right away. He played me the music of the phone. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And this is the best part. When you hear a song, you don't know why you like it, but you like it. I'm like, this is I like this. Let's play on this. The record was done. Yeah, and I'm just sitting there, and uh, our Pro Tools engineer um, and producer uh, Chris Baseford was just kind of packing up the record. And we were getting ready to mix it, right? And I'm just sitting on the couch sort of fucking around this little idea on an acoustic. And uh, and uh, I just come up with this little cyclical pattern. It's really cool. And um, we had an editor that was there too. And he kind of, Chris stops doing what he's doing. He's, Which is also pretty awesome. He, he recognizes turns it. around and he goes, that's cool. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. He's like, let's record that. What is this? Let's just, <laughs> let's just record that really quickly. And so we've got it. We've got it in the can. 
you know, we can use it for the next record or whatever, but get in the, get in the booth. Let's throw the mic up and, and just like, and, and plunk that, plunk that out real quick. And, uh, so I did it. I did it. And usually it's, um, that'll be enough. But then I kind of went, hey, wait, wait, just, just give me another, give me another track here. Throw another track up. And then I put a little overdub over top of it right away. I'm like, well, oh, this would sound neat. And then I'm like, give me one more track. And I played one more thing on there. And then I've completely derailed whatever he was doing. But we're all getting really excited because it's like, well, this is, that's, damn, that's just welded. It just catchy. It's just like, man, that feels good. It feels good to play it. it. feels good to hear it back. And I said, what if I said something like, what if I, right at the end, I said, or, you know, or going into the course, you know, loving you is just like surfing on a tidal wave. And he was like, that's pretty good. Go sing that. I'm like, yeah, let me just, let me lay this down real quick. And so I started, you know, because it, it was, it was, it, for me, it felt like, you know, if you're in a relationship and it's really exciting, but you know, it's not going to last, you know, that tidal wave that, you know, it's crashing down at some point in time. Right. But you're just going to ride that wave as long as you can. <laughs> um, that's what it meant to me, you know? And then I started just spitting out a few more lines. The next thing you know, we've got kind of a, a chorus sitting here. I grab my phone. I call Pete cause he's not that far away. He's in Vancouver. Um, and I, I'm like, Hey, listen to this. We play it. And he's like, I'll be over first thing tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, okay, so this is worth chasing. And he's like, oh yeah, that's, dude, that's, that's catchy as hell. Has you know? music gotten more natural flowing or more challenging as years go on? It depends on it's the like song. A tidal wave. It yeah, right. <laughs> Honestly. It, it depends on the song. Some songs, you know, giving birth to these things is hard as hell and they come kicking and screaming, but you know, there's something good there and you just keep revisiting. It's like, wait a minute, this, you know, cause when we, there's a song, there was a song on, uh, on all the right reasons called saving me. We must've re-recorded that rewritten and re-recorded the, the chorus three times minimum. We worked on that song for six weeks and we had the verses and we knew the verses were great. And then we keep coming, kept coming up with these mediocre courses and it just was not as strong as the verses. And it's like, it just, it would just be an injustice to the song to let any of those go on. And we just kept going, no, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. And then it, I just one day kind of sitting there plunking a guitar and finally went like this. And Joe was sitting on the couch and I could tell he was fed up and he was just sort of, and then he sits up he's like, play that again, do that again. And I was like, yeah, th there's something here for sure. And then all of a sudden we went into the chorus and it was like, there we go, there we go, God. You know, and then you've got songs like How You Remind Me and they just go blah, and just right smells. there. And it's, it's, uh, where does photograph fall? Um, far, far, uh, closer to the, uh, the, um, easy to record, easy to, uh, to write. That one really came quickly. And the only thing we did was, um, the, uh, I apologize. You guys wearing headphones. You probably, no. the SM7 probably picked up the growling of, you heard that? I was like, oh, mine's going off too. I'm, I'm hungry. Um, yeah, photograph, the chorus of photograph was the bridge. And the bridge was the chorus. And I'm not sure who said, was it you? Someone said, we need to swap these because. Dave Longo. It was Uncle Dave. No, it was me. Was you? Was it really? <laughs> I always said it was long gone. Yeah, I thought it was know. Dave. Has Dave was, been stealing your thunder all these that's, years? That's the lore. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all these what years, you finally man. correct us? What a humble man. Oh, 
Just let it go. But that changes the entire song. Oh, you got a thousand things you want to say right about that. I never say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, Memory is an amazing thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there was like, I, I, I spit out this line and I just went, look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Um, and then I didn't really know where the hell I was going. I'm do like, you what, have anything I, in I, your I, mind? And I'm like, what photograph would that be? And then all so of a sudden I thought of the photograph of myself and Joey. Joey was our producer at the time. Um, and it's New Year's Eve and we are fucked up. And um, Joe's got this thing on his head that looks like the Stanley Cup. It's this massive wine chiller. Someone shoved that on his head. And then Joe and I are in this, this picture together. And um, and then I, I'm like, oh, that's, okay, here we go. How did our eyes get so red and what the hell's on Joey's head? And, and, uh, and then I went, and this is where I grew up. Um, I think the present owner fixed it up, you know, because the house we grew up in was just a shithole. Um, and then and, and it became about, it really turned into all these memories of like growing up in Hannah and, and this is where I went to school, you know, uh, you know uh, just so many memories from our hometown. But really specific details. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Surprising or validating that a song like that ends up becoming beyond massive and again still lives on today both both surprising and validating yeah it's like didn't see that coming and wow does that feel good um so yeah it's 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 amazing because when these songs like i i still like photograph hits me like it gets me like i play that song and i just i still it just means so much because like that's that's where we like, like that's that's our, that's our youth. That's your life. That's that's like for me. That's nostalgia, oh. <laughs> like into the vein. That's um, like that's why the bridge was the chorus because that's that's yeah. the sentiment. I miss, I miss this, this town. town. I miss this place. I miss their faces. Yeah. So, yeah. When he's, I, I liken it to when he starts something like when he's talking about how he started the song. It's like those drawings or those, those things you could get like piece, my daughter used to have these things. These kind of weird strange drawings on paper and then you look at it and then your brain starts to figure out what that might look like oh that kind of looks like this this and then you start to fill it in and you look oh you can fill this into like a that, R- rorschach, rorschach? Not, not like a rorschach no like rorschach? they have these things where they got these curves and stuff like that these lines just like it's a game they play like i'll make like four lines on there you draw something out of it and you look at it and it's like looking at the clouds you're uh. gonna come up with some idea mm. what it looks like He'll come personification up with a of yeah. a cloud yeah. <laughs> um and you you know you'll throw out you'll spit a line out tidal wave photograph whatever that that line is and you start to go oh i like that line where is this where is the story going and then you, you just start making up the story and he sees the pictures and then, then it's like it's home boom and then all of a sudden it comes in color right that's the vibe I get. When Comes in color. Yeah. That's good. So <laughs> write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything scary about sharing details about your youth in a song like that? That's, that's funny. Statute of limitations, I think. Th- that's funny. Um, Bad stuff, anyway. Oh, I thought you meant. Like, do, do you mean in terms of? No, I mean, share. I mean, you're sharing yeah, intimate that, details. Yeah, like, that's what I thought. Maybe you your so, your school. I was talking about his criminal activity. Yeah. Um, the. Yeah, it's funny because. When you start off, when I started off as a, as a, you know, as a lyricist, um, your, I was very timid. I was very like guarded and I just wanted everything shrouded in metaphors. So I knew what I was talking about and every line meant something to me. 
but it's just a jumbled mess to anybody else. And they're not. And I, I really kind of got tired of hearing people say, well, what's, what's this song about? What's this song about? Um, so I guess as a storyteller, I wasn't doing a very good job. Right. Obviously. And, and then I, you know, to, to me, when I say I cracked the code of good storytelling, it's when I stopped hiding and just started telling, you know, and the more, uh, detail oriented things got the better the song would be and the more it sounded like i was ripping out part of my soul and showing it to the world the, it was. the better it was yeah. um and that for me was cracking the code and i'm like oh this brutal brutal honesty um because the listeners like you, you you know they become draw, very drawn into that yeah you feel it and apply it to your own existence absolutely do you feel like great songwriters are held back by not wanting to live truth it depends on it depends on but there are some great metaphoric songs like if you listen to some pink floyd you know you know there's there's metaphors all in there but he just did a better job of leading you down a path uh that you knew where he was going um so it it really depends on the song um because some some songs are painting a picture and some songs are telling a story is Rockstar? Yeah. <laughs> You're really on a roll today. I'm on a roll can today. I, can I just say that? Like, like, <laughs> he, he's, he's you're a star today. Like you yeah. were, I was a little hungover yesterday. Today? Yesterday? <laughs> I was like, where was this guy yesterday? I want to work with this you guy. You should hear his, his new honest song. is called I've Got a Hernia. <laughs> it's, he lays it right out. <laughs> like <laughs> surgically. That? Yeah, that's clever. <laughs> is Rockstar a story or a picture? Uh, both. Yeah, it's uh, because I think when I kind of was conceptualizing the song, it was what does the average person think, including myself, of what... You didn't know anything about it, any of that of, of what, like, a, you know, a, a mega rock star would have. You know, you got 15, you know, hilltop houses driving 15 cars, you know? And then the fun thing was in that writing session, once we knew where we were going with this, we just had to come up with, because it's... As soon as I, I wanted to get into the 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 list, the grocery list quickly. So if I could just set this up and let the listener know where we're going very fast. I'm through with standing in line to clubs I'll never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never gonna win. This life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. I want a brand new house on an then you just start going, you know. The whole then you just go down everything and for eight hours we sat around it was hilarious making ourselves like we were pissing ourselves laughing with the dumb shit that we were coming up with and like it, it, some of the stuff you know was a little just a little too over the top yeah there's other verses there's a, yeah, a few there's, other verses that were really yeah just dumb. like just <laughs> are they recording like a bit much yeah, what are they? um yeah i want two stripper poles <laughs> in my tour bus and you know it's like all that sort of <laughs> shit they're like spinners on my learjet like just yeah, stupid, yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, just, right, you know yeah, yeah. something uh, there was another th something about like uh uh picking up groceries in a monster truck um yeah, there's this like just yeah. so over the top like it was like what what would a what would a 16 year old buy if you just gave him, you know, an open checkbook go and they would just do all of this insane, you know, and, and, and party and, you know, in the VIP with the movie stars and all that. And nothing rhymes with 401k guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> nothing responsible right. about it. Right? Does right. that song reflect your reality or manifest a new reality? Um, it was supposed to just be so it incredibly over the top. Yeah, it was, that's what it was supposed to be, you know? Um, 
I'm sure I, I, all of us have multiple cars. I don't think any of us have 15. Um, you know, it's... it's Chad's lived more of those lines than the rest of us have. He, got, he Maybe reflects a hyperbole, I think. I mean, I, I, you can see how it blurs as yeah. things go along. Yeah. I think your bathroom upstairs is pretty huge, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think you can play baseball in there, uh, but I remember... I, I don't think I want... Wiffle ball. When we yeah. wrote and recorded, it was Short hyperbole. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. hyperbole. Some sure. of it's come true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want 10 other people in my bathtub. Um. <laughs> Not anymore. Times <laughs> are different now. Uh, by the way, we do have a new album, and you got to listen to it. You can stream it all on Amazon Music. We're going to put a link in the description below. It is called Get Rolling. Are you telling a story here, or is each as a, like, throughout the body of work, like... It's not a concept album. No. Got it. So each song is its own thing. Absolutely. How did the album start, and then how did it finish? What song started? Well, because of, you know, the... The pandemic, um, we were actually late to the game. Like, it was like a year and a half in, and other artists are like, "We're, we're on our second lockdown record." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> we we need to we should do get together, mm. guy. We should probably do something." <laughs> you know, we're just sort of like spectators of the music business for everybody. Uh, yeah, because kind of yeah, we used to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, there was like there I was think a while. We might have to get to work soon because we're going to get let out of our houses are we unemployed <laughs> that was, going, do i have a job still <laughs> what do i do that was going through the 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 vault as he refers to it where you know he's, he's at you know we're like okay we can't get together he had a bunch of things that he'd done with uh, you know another producer and songwriting and with other guys and so we were like let's take stock of that and see what we've got and um but nothing was happening was first, no it was consent like it was no 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 i was just going to say i think standing in the dark was of the album was probably the first one i heard because it was Way back, yeah. Like if oh, no, if I got a verse and a chorus, that's different. Yeah, I, it'd be like okay, that's that'll go away. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, I'd get out of the pool, <laughs> and like, uh, hey, we should probably you know like the work ethic was at an all time low slash state of wondrousness. <laughs> you and most people, <laughs> honestly. And then and then noodle around with something else, and they come up with another idea. And then after a really extended period of time. That's when, yeah, we started getting together. I'm like, you guys, what, is there anything here that we should, is this worth pursuing? And it's like, um, you, you, you were like standing in the dark. That's got to go on there. Let's work on that. And then, uh, uh, San Quentin, I had, uh, the kind of the music of that mostly. And I just kind of had me screaming the line and just the line. Can somebody please keep me the hell out of San Quentin? And then that was there for a long time. Like we just had these yeah, snippets. You sent me the chorus to Horizon, and I was just like, "That's yes, yes." Like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that, and it's all over the map. Yeah, it's because like, of the time, because we took so long to do it. Yeah, that's why it's so. I don't know if it's cohesive. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I don't think it is, but I think but there's it's okay. So. I think it's great. Yeah, you know, I love the fact that it it ebbs and flows, and it's like you're not getting. 45 minutes of just getting hammered in the head, you mm -hmm. know, and, and you're not getting 45 minutes of being put to sleep. It's all over the place. Does um, any part of you want any of these records to pop off like any of the past ones? <laughs> or do you not give a Are shit? you out of your fucking mind? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> just in Japan. We want to be big. All that, Japan. but, but, We're but already big you're, I think you're asking like in terms of, I want to be able to go. And that's why we're that's why we're working this record, you know, as aggressively as we are, is because I want to play these songs, you know, as much as we play the songs off other albums, you know. Um, those days is another nostalgia, just piece of gold, you know, for me. So photograph was 
really autobiographic. And uh, that one was us talking about the three of us. Um, Daniel's obviously not from our hometown in Hannah, but that one was really about Hannah growing <laughs> up us. Those days is really about anyone growing up in a specific era, which for me was, for, well, for all of us, was the 80s. Because we're talking about all these things like, because when we were writing that song, um, I spit out something like, remember when the streetlights came on and you had to be home? And everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I think that should be the first line of the song. Yeah. And then we just keep going. Remember when the, so it was remember when the streetlights came on and we had to be home. Uh, remember when Elm Street came in, came on, couldn't watch it alone. Um, remember uh, every prank call we made in Star 69. Remember <laughs> trying to hit 88 to go back in time. Remember when they played Purple Rain uh, at our first slow dance. Remember when we thought that first base was just holding hands? Um, you know, so we just start going through all, listing all these things. You but know. do you start wanting to capture an era, like utilizing that same didn't, sort of didn't strategy know. or concept? Didn't know until, and rarely do we know until the first few lines Lines start start coming see if i was gonna that was off the cuff for sure yeah yeah Yeah. if i was gonna write a song quote unquote professionally like if i was going to nashville to write a song i would have the chorus in the back pocket for sure and then you'd and then you'd use your verses as you know to to describe your main theme um we never do that we write like Nickelback songs are written so unprofessionally because <laughs> we always just start off with the first line and go and we have no idea where we're going. And we just find... Is that a consistent theme through every record you create? Pretty damn close. Yeah. It's very rarely... Every song is, is slightly different, but yeah, pretty, but through, pretty, through every album, yeah. Now we just... Might- I, it, so, it sounds like, you know, we've sat in, in a, you know, a laboratory and just like cooked these things up. And it's not like that. We, I think the reason we, we work so hard on, on songs is because we write them so ass backwards. Yes. <laughs> and we're just like, you would never get in a room with a bunch of writers to write a, like a Hollywood, you, like if you're going to write a movie, you would know your big climactic moment oh, yeah. before you, like this is, this is what we're going to start. This or is what everything's going to write. Or something. Yeah. Be, like something. This is our big twist. This is the if it's the who done it. This is who murdered and how they got. You know how they thought they were going to get away with it, and then we then we lead up to that moment, right? That's how professional. That's how songs are supposed to be written. You're supposed to know what your your the song is about, like the hook, the tagline, whatever it's going to be, and then you go right, around. We we're just like do do like we're <laughs> we're just dragging them down. As far oh, as concerned. yeah, yeah, and then we just kind of we just kind of get there. I I always laugh because I always say it at almost every album it's like, you know. He was saying some bands write 20, 30 songs. We're like, we usually write eight or nine songs and then struggle to get two more at the very end. <laughs> yep. But you guys always like, do 11, right? The, we yep. always do 11 just to get it over the line. But we, we, we work with the songs until they're good. <sighs> like if we, especially if we pick them off the bat where we go, yes, this has got potential. Try not to give up on that. You kind of know when you hear something, you're like, uh, maybe not. Why 11? We do 11 songs because contractually Our we albums go to 11. We had to give that's great. I love that. Uh, the spinal tap. This that. one goes to 11. That's great. I'm not even going to finish this answer. I think we should just stick with that. <laughs> spinal tap. This one goes to 11. Well, the way uh, you were describing songwriting, unless you do you have a real story for 11? Yeah. So when we first got our record deal with Roadrunner, uh, we had to give them 11 songs. It's unsexy. So it was just 11 oh. songs. So every album we just gave 11 songs. All and then once the deal was done with Roadrunner, 
it was that was our tradition and we just kind of kept that going and then we just always put 11 because that was our bit also there's a capital capitalist pig element to this which is um when you're under contract whatever songs you write they own and we were like oh you want 11 for the record you're gonna get 11 oh because they'd be like but but we need 13 no 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 but we need 13 because we need some b-sides from japan (laughs) and we're like no no, no." they get 11 out of it and you get the others no Uh, no no they get them they get anything you record while you're under a recording contract they own they get them all i thought you were going they own your recording rights so we we always just gave them 11. in our first in our first contract it said they wanted us to do 14 songs but they said we're we're only gonna pay pay you 11. 11. (laughs) yeah we're like what? Got a huh? backwards yeah. kind of. No, I don't no. think I like no. the music business no. anymore. You can order the other three. If you're only, and they, and they, they want it for free, and they tried to justify. Well, guys, because like he's saying all this stuff, I'm like, no. If you know, if we're gonna be in business together, you're gonna pay us for what we do. So yeah, that, that's, the, how, that's these how it other cats though. These other cats who like routinely <laughs> record like 45 tracks. Uh. And they oh, oh my god! Oh, by the way, that, that is like very common, where they people will literally whittle label, down from forty-five or fifty. That's in the vault for the label. The yeah, yeah, yeah they probably well, renegotiate that. I don't know. This is back. This was just our specific thing, and then like we like it just got to the point where we just always did eleven. You know, and that became our our that became our our ritual. You know, it's like you know, you know, some people open presents on Christmas Eve, some people open presents on Christmas Day. Our thing, 11 songs. Every album. Did you have to scrap a song to fit Tidal Wave on there, though? <laughs> yeah, where's that song? Where's, yeah, where's that 12 Dance and paying attention. Yeah. Damn. Um, what did it replace? It was a cover. Oh, yes. Oh. For the first time, we were going to put a cover on a record, and we'd never done that before. What was that? I'm not telling. <laughs> if we track. say it, it's going to be yeah, all we don't over. want that to get out. Well, did I play on it? No. No, I guess it wasn't sent to me. No. Well, we didn't finish it. It's still oh, sitting there. The it's thing. it's still sitting there. We didn't finish it. Even I don't know. It could be in the future. Oh. Yeah. Was let's it a cover because you couldn't find an eleventh? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not, no, uh, no, it was it was er, it was early in the tantalizing. Story. Let's not <laughs> spoil <laughs> the future, gents. Yeah. What cover was it? I'll tell him. I can't talk about that. I because don't even know, man. That's for another podcast. <laughs> he's he's the drummer and he doesn't <laughs> he know. Bastards. <laughs> By the way, listen to Get Rolling. We're going to put a link in the description below. It is there. All the music from Nickelback available on Amazon Music. You know what threw me off about Get Rolling was the album cover because it's not very Nickelback of no, you guys. It's not. Where'd it come from? It's not very Nickelback of us. Very um, different. Because okay. on, the, on the record, there's a, a song that's... Uh, 70s high time? specific uh circa 1970 yeah, or whatever high time, high time right? you got it yeah so high time so when i say that beat up van i bought you thought was stolen looked like hell but felt like home to me um i thought we should lean into this we should just do like 70s everything for this upcoming tour let's what's that what's the thing called the hang loose van what is, or, 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 uh, shaka no no, no. no the style of uh <laughs> No, it's like cartoon where like the vehicle cartoon always looks like a little bent up like and oh, the wheels uh, are spit like the like big rat fink rat, rat fink there you go seen those in the 70s where <laughs> yeah that, that roadster or whatever it is but those old 70s band drawings kind of thing weird. yeah like we didn't want to go scooby-doo with it but like we wanted to be we <laughs> wanted damn close but and i was like it just can't be a van it can't be a van it's got to be like i want like it needs like a, a a twin rear axle like a tandem axle on the back right he and, wouldn't let that go. They had to have six. It's got to be. It's got to be over the top. It has to be ridiculous. 
Now I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something, and you're not going to talk about it, and it's not going on camera, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to come over there. I'm going to show this to you. Okay. Okay. You sound like a magician. <laughs> yeah, don't look. Got a picture of his David penis. Penis. Card, penis. Penis. Don't look. I'm going to resurrect the fly. I'm going to breathe on it. It's going to come back to life. So you're familiar with the, the cover? Yeah. Oh, sick. There's a camera there, Chad. Careful. Where? No, no you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> you're out of. You're out of. Oh wow. wow! Oh, you got this written down. Wait. You uh, said you weren't gonna say anything. No, sorry. That's actually, sick. you didn't say anything, bro. It's just down the street, actually. It is. What? Yeah. They're just talking about a burger that Chad had for lunch. Uh, it's pretty. I'd like to just be so rich. <laughs> that's awesome. You can literally make 15 of those if you wanted. That's crazy. Where does that live? Who owns that? It doesn't live anywhere yet. We're not talking about it. It's a very specific reveal. Shrouded the mystery. The day that the, 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 the tour goes on sale. Sick. So there's a big thing. So now you know. Are you seeing it? Oh, wow. That's so, so sick. By the way, we're going to put a link in the description below for uh, any touring information so people can buy tickets, obviously. Listen to Get Rolling, the whole thing. And you'll find out soon what we just saw. <laughs> yes, we'll put a go. link below to the picture that uh, Chad just showed. <laughs> That's really sick. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it's wild. Did you like? This is like so. These are these dumb ideas. I'll come up with like, and and again, when I talk about running a high level of bullshit, all I have to do is come in and sell these guys a used car. Yeah. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it sometimes I can't get them to agree to this dumb like. One time I came up with this idea that I wanted to. Uh, this was a fucking dumb idea. <laughs> um, that I wanted a One stage, time. a stage to come down from the roof Sick. that already had drums on it and we would step onto it and then it would pick us up and start taking us across the arena while we continued to play more songs and it spun then it would stop halfway across the arena and then it would start to spin and then it would continue on down and then it's it would come down at the front of the plexiglass floor so you could see through it yeah wow. we had extra guitars already on there so we would pick up guitars and switch for the next oh, tune shit. yeah like it was this was insane and then it would go over and then come down at the front of house which, by the way, a lot of artists now do. It's like very common in their set. Billy Eilish, Ariana yeah, Grande, yeah. Taylor Swift, yeah. yeah, Justin Bieber. I didn't. So they told us this could be done very cost effectively. Oh no, yeah. that was a fucking lie. <laughs> it was a lie. <laughs> and then, like, I remember going to Mike. I, I I saw you in the hallway as we we're just kind of passing, and we were ten shows in, and and the whole tour was. I mean, we were those first shows were t completely sold. Right to the rafters. I mean, just and I look at Mike. And I'm like, this is a great tour. He goes, how do you, how do you, how do you figure? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, do you know how much money we're losing? Wow. Like, what do you mean? He goes, we're 1.7 million dollars in debt. Holy shit! After selling out 10 shows because it's taking two days to set this stupid yeah. thing up. Yeah, and we have to pay overtime. We have to pay yeah. all these things that like like you it was load out at six in, six now, in the morning or load out at six in the morning you, to be six hours was, down the road. It Is was, a part of you like a little bum that like you were the first type of people to figure shit out like that, and then it over time it gets more streamlined and cost effective. Like because <laughs> yes, I'm telling you, like, my, my, my pioneering that, anything is always a little difficult. Yeah, like, I, I think you those were the artists first. you mentioned yeah. though, those artists you mentioned have decided to not make money playing live. I've got I, this idea. It's called a parachute. But there is something <laughs> in between where like you can still keep. 
production integrity and still have some sort of margins that like at least pay you something. Well, the truth is, like Harry Styles is making a fuck ton of money, and he's not dangling from anything or hovering above anything. Yeah. But I've watched Justin hover. I've watched yeah, oh, Ariana yeah. Grande hover. Yeah. I've watched Taylor Swift hover. Billie Eilish. Like, there's no way they're hovering above the crowd and not making money at the end of the we day. Also, like, like to keep our ticket so, prices yeah, lower. So low. Yeah, that's the other thing too. We handcuff ourselves by trying to keep ticket prices low. That's it. That's it. You're right, and that's been something we've done for quite a few years. Try to do it. It's almost impossible these days. You can't with other. With touring, anyway. but also it's like four of you. There's a lot of expenses now that like 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 you look at someone like Ed Sheeran. Are you jealous of the fact that he can just tour with TVs and a pad? <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think that's no, cool. it's cool. great. Like good for him. <laughs> pretty sick. Good for him. Like Absolutely, stuff. that's, that's, that's fantastic. Pure yeah. potent. Um, true. Uh, see, back in the day, I had seen both shows, both types of shows, you know, of other artists. And you'd see like the production intensive show and just be blown away. And then you'd see these other shows where you're just like, wow, you want to put every penny in your pocket. You're not putting, I mean, there's just like the couple park hands up there and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then they're just like, no, it's all about the music and the connection with the fans. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> like I could put your, I could put your, 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 your music on and listen to it. If I'm going to come to your show, I want to be entertained. Mm -hmm. And if that makes me selfish, well, then I guess I'm selfish that I want to come and pay to see you and have you entertain me. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if that's, you know, a, a, a bad school of thought. But, you know, when you go see Iron Maiden back in the day and Eddie comes, you know, starts walking out to like, and you can see that they're putting money back in the show. Totally. It's like, and so it was those kinds of shows where when someone said to us, you can do anything you want, we're like, you did it. Okay, we want to like. You just go back in the bank of all the great, you know, all those shows that gave you goosebumps. And we were just like, what's happening to my brain right now? This is fantastic. But also, it's that type of shit that makes people want to come back and see you again because they yeah, want to know, sure. like, what the fuck are you going to do next? I, well, they have a good time. Yeah. It's, it's a good totally. experience. And, and I, that's what we're going to bring them is an experience. Like you said, anybody can just listen to the record. Like, you could just ride in your car yeah. and listen to the record on the way to the gig and then just turn around and go home. You heard the record. Right, sure. But yeah. if you want an experience, we want to. There's two extremes of that. I think there's two extremes. There's some. I think the. I honestly think like there. Yeah, you want to entertain everybody, but you can be somewhere in the middle in the sense where like you don't have to always like go. Oh, we need fire on every song. Like that's just gonna yeah. wear it out. Yeah. And you can spend all the money you want on that. Whereas you know if you pop up in the middle of the crowd somewhere and they're like, holy shit! I mean, I didn't cost anything, and that could be really cool. Like there's a there's a. There's a, a medium, a happy medium of, of doing that, but yeah, you got to entertain them because you, the whole goal is to have a great time and come back the uh, next time we come around. Listen to Get Rolling. We're going to put a link in the description below. All of Nickelback's music is available on Amazon Music. Also, go see them on the road. See them when they tour. Link in the description below. I, does, did any part of you give any shred of shit when? For some random reason, no. meme culture and the internet decide to be. I mean, they're assholes we every can day. See these questions coming but, a mile away. You, okay. you, you gotta, yeah. you, you have to bring it up a little bit because yeah, yeah. it is so like you know. Well, just, what do just, you think? Just yeah. to prove the fact, just to prove it to you, um, have you seen? Look at this graph. Yeah. Look at this graph. Yeah. You've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's our music, and we can get that taken down anytime we want. Totally. And we left it up because we thought it was funny. Well, because it actually. 
I think it actually brings more eyes and ears to you yeah, than sure. it takes away. And Absolutely. it's it's this weird place of like, it's not you're not canceled. It's just a conversation that's sure. brought up. So it weirdly actually adds to the fame and success. Weirdly, that, it does, that, and that, we've been saying that for years too. Yeah. Like, you know, the same with the hater sphere. Like, um, a big topic, uh, but it's like, uh, little do they know uh, they've contributed to our longevity. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely, like, solidifying you in culture. Absolutely, yeah. it's like they can, you know, say what you want, but like all those bands that we came up with that didn't get the hate, they're just yeah. gone, <laughs> just gone. You know? And the thing with the hate is nobody actually hates you guys. Nobody That's knows it. why they hate you well, guys. Well, our, our new t-shirts say Nickelback, yeah. fan or liar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just bandwagon hatred. It, it's a, it's a There's weird, not a lot of thought and calculation that goes into no. that. To be a hater, you don't really plan it. No, you, you just, know, you just, you just following the crowd. You, you, and you're saying what you think everybody else is going to nod along to. Yeah. And if you keep saying what you think everybody's going to nod along to, then that's great. And, you know, in a in a sort of cool way right now, that narrative is is not that popular anymore. Yeah. Ryan's got a great story, <laughs> and I love this story that you told about like so. His son, how old's your kid? How old's Dax? He's a man, nineteen. <laughs> so, so so nineteen. Seven. I always have to say that my kids. I mean my adults. Yeah. So his son was uh, so he's coming up through school, and uh, some kids find Pretty out that, that his dad. Is the guitar player for Nickelback, and and, and I mean they'll pick on you for anything. Yeah. You don't need a reason, so, you know. So if you've got worst. that, that's cannon fodder. So so they're picking on him for his dad being the guitar player in um, in Nickelback. Um, his daughter is two years younger, and this is how fast things have changed. She yeah, goes cool. to this party, and uh, he's like, "Well, how was the how was the the graduation party?" She goes, "It was good, except they played Nickelback all night long." <laughs> So just in two years, <laughs> in two years, it's just like, boom. Well, because your songs have taken on new life via TikTok. Like, again, that that surge of people, like, just having a couple of conversation brings new eyes and ears to what you do that eventually leads to people caring about it. Because at the end of the day, the conversation's brought up because the songs are too catchy and too meaningful. And when you hear it, you are transported back to the first time you heard that fucking song. Mm -hmm. sure. Like there is real power behind the records that you've crafted and the hits that you have in terms of how unique they sound, how distinct they are and how emotionally triggering they are. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, we're talking about a conversation and a fad that's actually built on appreciation more than it's built on any that, sort of th hatred. I, I think I'd there's like a gauntlet that. that we have to run, though. That's what I was going to say. There's a, there's a gauntlet we have to run because we got done, we got on stage and we presented, I think it was a Billboard Award. It might have been a, it might have been a, uh, yeah, I think it was a Billboard Award, um, to, who was it? Um, Def Leppard. We were in Vegas. We get off stage after presenting the award, and, and uh, Joe Elliott and um, Phil Collin, they're back there, and uh, they say, hey, we got to thank you. For what? He's, for taking the torch. Which torch? Most hated band in the world. And it's like, oh, you guys were the most hated? Like, oh, absolutely. For years, you know, when, when Pour Some Sugar On Me uh -huh. came out, he said we were the most hated band in the world. We, uh, the ACDC guys, we were in Chicago, and we went out. What else did they say? Remember the, do you remember oh, the? Oh yeah, they said. They said. Uh, they, said uh, oh, you a song. they said if you write one more song with one of our song oh, titles, we're a song called "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Yeah, we're gonna fucking see. Because we had photograph, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, animals. and animals on, even <laughs> though, 
Yeah, Joe, Joe, I never I thought, thought of that either. If I see pour some sugar on me coming out of you guys, we're coming. <laughs> so funny. That's the so cover on the new album. Yeah, there you go. Um, so then, was that uh, the cover song? We were in Chicago, <laughs> and the ACDC guys uh, invited us out for dinner, and we go out for dinner, and, and uh, uh, Brian Johnson says the same thing. He goes, oh, when Back in Black came out, we were the most hated band in the world. Uh, because it was just so overplayed, you know, and then he goes on to tell these stories. He's like, when Zeppelin first came out, they were hated, hated. Yeah. Um, I don't really buy it. And so, Especially the States. Yeah, so, so, I mean, there is this thing, like, if you're going to be, if you're like, I don't mind being in that company with, yeah. you know, Def Leppard, ACDC, <laughs> Zeppelin, if you're going to be, you know, if that's what it takes to get to that status and you've got to go being, go through, you know, being the most hated band in the world for a while. It's all okay. I, I think it'll be all right. It's, I don't think the whole hate, most hated band, I don't think that's really valid. I, I don't buy it. I think you're in the focus. Yeah. yeah. And you're really loved at that time too, because at that time, when Def Leppard was quote unquote the most hated band in the world, they're also the most. They're also the biggest band in the world. Yeah, yeah. Totally. same with ACDC, yeah. same with Bon Jovi, same with Metallica. All these people that were hated in their heyday—that's a crock, dude. People were loving them. There's just a, a handful of uh, you know. It's always the negative that goes the hardest, right? <laughs> you compare hate and love. Hate always is more potent. That's yeah. true. So you know, I, I don't, I don't well, buy it. Like, the whole hate. most hated thing. I yeah. Has anyone that. had the chance to talk to that Brian Posehn comedian that kind of started this whole thing? That's funny. We just had this conversation this morning. That was really? the that was the Comedy Central commercial. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy that like yeah that, that went viral. Like he said yeah yeah because that's the commercial that Comedy Central used for like six months. It was just nonstop. Yeah, you know. I yeah. met him. You did. I ran into him. I didn't meet him. I ran into him <laughs> at the Anthrax. Black Label Society concert at the Palladium about, I don't know what it was, two or three months ago. And I was like, I'm going to, no. Come on. You know what? It was, it was one of those things where I, I don't want to go too much into my thoughts just yeah. because it, it might not make me sound like the nicest guy in the world. I just kind of felt like he made a joke. That's yeah, it. No, he no, made yeah. a joke. I, I know, I know. Comedy I Central like is the one so that made it into a commercial. Yeah, totally. for yeah, sure. Well, by the way, they, they like it should be done. You know, they monetize that yeah. like nobody's business. Oh, for sure. Th this this is the strange twist, I think. So I watched, uh, I, I see, saw a video with uh, Colin Quinn because it was for her, his show um, and um, talking about this. And he spoke about this. And, like he's like, uh, you know, I, I didn't know. Like that was happening. Like you, you, it's almost like he parallels what kind of happened to us where you get this oversaturation and then, and then something happens because of it. Where it, he said, yeah, he had this show they had this bumper ad or whatever it is with this joke in it and they and it was right when comedy central was just like just just Often. huge mm -hmm. it's south park going on and yeah. john stewart show was on or something like that or like it was like everybody had the eyes on that yeah and they just played that between every show and he goes if I, he was even it was it was actually quite nice to hear him say he's like i didn't realize this happened if i knew it was going to be you know you know affecting somebody's life or career i probably would have told them to pull it or stop or, or change it or something like that but they just they just play it play it play it play it play yeah. it and then it becomes part of the public narrative totally so it's and that's why people are kind of going now you know I, I feel like they're like well why why did almost like waking up out of a fog why did we do this again it just it, it was totally it just was mm -hmm. well, j by the way just be just because you shove something in front of people's eyes doesn't make it a valid part of the public narrative you know what i mean and i think that's really interesting that and, and this goes back to like e even at the top of this conversation you guys became a band 
and reached the highest heights of success at a moment in history and media that will never be repeated again. Like the idea that there is even that many fucking eyes on comedy. Like if you were to make that same joke today based on the ratings of Comedy Central, yeah. nobody would fucking see dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally nobody would see anything. <laughs> nobody would be talking about it. It'd show up nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It would not even, even remotely matter at all. Yeah. But because of what was going on in the time that we were in, the focus was so narrow to just, I mean, it wasn't what it used to, used to, used to be, but still it's, we'll never be that ever again. No. There'll never be a moment in time where tens of millions of people are tuned into Comedy Central over even a week's period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Let alone what was probably a day back yeah. then. Yeah. No, absolutely, right? Totally I different. Even, I don't even know if that's good or bad. Well, and our attention spans, good and bad you that. know, with what we're inundated with Crazy. constantly, it's just like, you know, it's 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 not even here today, gone tomorrow. It's here. Second. This, this 10 seconds and gone in 10 seconds. And you want to move on so quickly. Yeah. You have a craving for something new and different. Yep. It's really unique. Yeah, it really is. Like, there'll oh. never be another band like y'all. Well, if I if I... I slip on stage. Wait, who are we going to give the torch to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone's got to take it. <laughs> Just, uh, how do you define success today? And then we'll get you out of here because I know you have a lot of shit going on. How are we on. finding success today? Yeah, how do you define it? How do define we it? define it? Oh, um, I think being truly, I mean, it's a little bit Confucius, but, um, you know, that whole work a day, uh, you know, uh, do a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life type thing. Um, that's success. Like, I've got buddies who are... You know, electricians, plumbers, um, mechanics, and they are, you know, they've got the girl of their that they love. And they've been with them for ten years. They come home every single day. They do the same. You know, every week they go golfing every weekend, and they absolutely love their lives. Now, I don't think that you have to become, you know. Uh, an Oscar winner or, uh, you know, a, a rock, you know, successful rock band, you know, to, 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 to have that, I think it's all in the eyes of the beholder. Um, and there are moments where, you know, when, when I look back at some tours where we didn't sleep in our own beds for 18 months. Um, and there's my buddy, Greg, just in your bed, happy as oh. happy as hell doing his job, <laughs> you know, you know, going through his life the way, the way, he absolutely loves it. I mean, that's that's success. Uh, so it's it's truly in the eye of the beholder. Um, I think I think when you uh, we get we get in your bed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fall along. Isn't it? Um, and there's no. Greg. Yeah, there, there's what Greg. Are you doing here, Greg? Again? Damn it, Greg. Greg. Um, no, I I think I, I hear that, that. I think when people hear the word success, it, the I think today, especially a lot of kids that think these things, money and fame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, I think you conflate the money and, and, fa and fame and happiness all together, which is like a complete, if I, it's a fool's errand. Daniel? I think my answer is um, uh, to crush your enemies before you and hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> Perfect. Someone's watching Total Recall. I think if you if you wake up every day and you can chase what you want to chase, <laughs> as far as interests and, and whatever that is, and like and we do stuff besides music, so it's like if you're allowed, if you're able to do that and and have the freedom to do that, like say just be to be happy with what you're doing every day, that's a success for me. It really is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Get rolling. 
That was nice. Yeah, smoke it. I'm so high right now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Edibles are kicking in, bro. <laughs> Get rolling is the album. Listen to it. We're gonna put a link in the description below. Also, see Nickelback on the road. They're gonna be hitting the road, right? You betcha. Yes. Let's Tickets go. on sale. Let's go. January 23rd. And they play the hits. Yep. A lot of artists won't do that, you know. Yep. I saw one girl. Girl, uh, she's an artist. I don't want to say her name because I don't want to throw her under the bus. But she only has one huge song. And I see her at fucking Coachella. And she plays 30 seconds of it. And she goes, I'm done playing. I played all the time. Like, that was her shtick. Wow. She played 30 seconds of what it. A you bummer. just put your career on stopwatch. Totally, right? You know, like, you, you're... That's uh, okay. But you know what? That's everybody's choice. You can like, do whatever you it, want. Let it yeah. play out how it's yeah, going to play that's out. That's it. Yeah, that's right. exactly. That's right. It's okay. You know, I don't mind getting selfish and playing something that we like one or two songs, but you got to, you know, we got to make this a party. But you got to admit there's something a little, yeah, about going, yeah, I know everybody loves this, yeah, but I'm not going to do it. You know, yeah. it's just like, fuck oh, you. If she's that's a little it, selfish. If she's doing it as that's a finger a in the eye. Yeah, that's that sucks. Bullshit. That's good. I'm tired of playing this mega hit every night. And that's her last song. And by the way, it's not even that big of a fucking hit. Tell us who it is. Tell us who it is. Don't don't say it. I'll tell you off the air. We're going to drop it. I picked it up already from what you just said. Nickelback, everybody. Listen to Get Rolling. There's going to be a link in the description below. Also, see these guys on tour. You're really icons. Thank you for giving us your time and energy today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. That was great. Thank you, guys. Hey, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Nickelback. Big thanks to the guys for being here. Big thanks to GoPuff for delivering it to you. And a big thanks to you for putting up with us. Now, please, be safe. Hug your family if you can. Remind your family that you love them. At a minimum, don't go to jail. Subscribe to our podcast. Share it with those you care about. And have a great day. Okay? I'll talk to you real soon. Peace and love. By the way, today's episode is made possible by a few incredible humans, including our executive producers, Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Dylan Martyr, Dan Zola, Joshua Rusak, and Olivia Rodensky. Our senior director, Toby Lawless. Our associate producers, Eve Bishop and Claudia Villarreal. Our music is by James Asciutto. Our editor is Camera Carlos Gomez. Our sound mixer is Daniel Chavez-Crook. Our post-production manager is Caroline Rude. And I'm your host and executive producer, Zach Sang. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'll talk to you real soon.